Hi everyone, Paul from the Data Storytellers here. Today I'm here with Yuka Tornovsky, who's the Senior Director of Analytics Products Globally for AB InBev. Great to have you with us, Yuka. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And, and I'm really excited for the conversation. You know, I, I know you've spoken with our co-founder, Laszlo. Uh, really excited to get into some of these topics a little bit deeper. Just to start with, tell us a little bit about yourself, your role at AB InBev, how that's progressed over the last, say, seven years or so. Cool. Yeah, uh, I'm actually with AB InBev exactly for seven years now. So, uh, but it has changed a lot. Like I can tell that this is kind of a constant in this company is that nothing's constant. So a lot of change, which makes it really exciting for those who like uh, new challenges and, 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 and opportunities every single day. So that's that's a great part of it. Uh, so I joined at ABI seven years ago in Brazil. Actually, I'm Brazilian, as you probably can tell. And, and uh, I joined a, a unit called ZX Ventures. It was an innovation kind of division within the company, and it was responsible for trying to experiment new uh, uh, revenue streams for the whole company and among like really things that go pretty beyond the beer, right? So, and, and not only talking about the other, top, other types of leverage, which is, was also the case, but also channels, like for instance, e-commerce. Like I was specifically joining a company for the e-commerce area. My background is entirely, has been entirely in, in, in software development and analytics. So this is, uh, was something pretty new for me, but the, I was, I was lured into the company, uh, to, to exactly to create the very first in-house software development team uh, for ABINBAV because we were venturing into digital uh, digital spaces and we needed you know to own the intellectual property of the things that we were building and I was there exactly to create that. And then we created several uh, e-commerce initiatives. One of them is now, for instance, Z Delivery, which is one of our main direct-to-consumer platforms is, is, is operating like millions and millions of orders every month. Uh, very exciting, like, you know, direct, channel with the consumers and collecting orders, not only our products, but also marketplace products. So this is a, is a big, huge, and I was honored to be, uh, to have developed actually the first MVP and deployed the very first version of it myself. So uh, that was one of the pieces of things that I did in, in there in Brazil. Then I moved to US for the global e-commerce organization, started to, to do with different things. And finally, you know, find my, found my, 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 one of my passions back, which is analytics. Uh, something I've been doing like for probably some 20 years now, uh, also with my background in consulting. And I started developing the analytics and measurements and all sorts of experiments for ZX. And finally, about a year ago, I moved from ZX to the, to the mothership of ABI, which is the, the core, and starting working now with uh, all the global operations. My role particularly is to uh, uh, scale up the most promising and successful analytics products that we can have, right? So, of course, there are dozens and dozens of opportunities, several use cases to be uh, addressed in the company, things that we can do with analytics. Uh, some of them have a real huge potential for scale. We need to put them in every single operation of ours, of ours to monetize it. And my role is exactly to create, you know, the right ways of working, methods, technology, the right teams operating in a agile way so that we can really uh, capture this whole potential and, and move forward for the long term. Excellent. And you're working on a, a bunch of stuff you mentioned. What are you uh, most excited about that you're working on at the moment? Well, I'm very passionate by organizational design. So I think that, of course, it has to be towards doing something. So I think the, the subject is, is, is advanced analytics. We're entirely dedicated to advanced analytics and this is the vision that I'm in. And so we do things like, you know, uh, measuring op and optimizing uh, the, the the revenue from marketing initiatives, how how you get very very like you know 
un uncoordinated signals from campaigns in impressions uh, the, the, and, and our revenue that we generate to try to create correlations with it and, and optimize the overarching uh, marketing spend. This is one of them. We have a huge now over the last few years, the whole company started to digitalize a lot, right? And this is a amazing play field for us. So for instance, one of the products that the platforms that the product created over the last years was one called Bees, uh, which is a B2B platform that now it's been the main channel for order uh, and, and relationship with our customers. And this produces this great play field for analytics, right? So when they're putting orders now, we have the opportunity to influence those orders with algorithms for product recommendation, for promotion optimization, price optimization, credit leasing, uh, optimized advanced logistics options. So there are several things that we can do within this platform. And we, in the analytics teams, we can also contribute to that by creating algorithms to feed, to kind of you know, put additional intelligence in each of those those areas, right? We have opportunities in the logistics, like how we deliver beer to our, uh, our customers, best routes, best timings, how we do cross shipping of products across uh, our CDs so that we can optimize the, the inventory for minimizing stockouts, maximizing product availability. So these are also algorithms that we build. So there are a lot of exciting things. And what I'm particularly excited about is that for us to tackle all these opportunities, we have to be organized in the right way, right? So I'm very passionate about the methods, the team that we put together, the profiles, the people. We are extremely people-driven different organizations. So how we can have the, the right profiles to uh, be able to deliver with agility, but also have stable operations, but also have, you know, scalable tools and scalable uh, uh, software to, to work with. So all those things put together is kind of my role in this organization, something that excites me a lot. That, that's brilliant. I really like talking about organizing in the right way. There's plenty of avenues we can go down here. We can talk about technology and, and, and the platform side. We can talk about the, the process side. What I kind of want to lead us down is is the people side. Uh, you know, what are some of your thoughts on, uh, let's say, how do you, how do you see the the data analytics world today? What do you think about data functions in big companies and the general progress of of data driven business transformation in the corporate world? Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I think that over the last years, I mean, I'm not I'm not an academic on the topic, although I like to you know to exchange information with my peers in the in the industry, uh, go to some conferences and, and, and see what's out there. Uh, so I think that there has been like a, a, a moment in time a few years ago, uh, as I said, I started with data analytics, like probably some 20 years ago, but like uh, advanced analytics was a big attempt, but really didn't lead to much thing like in the early 2000s. Uh, so there was a lot of data management, data visualization. So those kind of things, that's what I worked most in my career. Uh, but over the recent years, of course, advanced analytics started to to, to bloom. And, um, and the first question was that about what can be done with this? I think that a lot of conferences that I've gone to, people were like, okay, you can do this, you can do that. You can, you know, uh, these are the potential. This is the potential of it. And so people, you know, got super excited and invested tons of money until the point that, that, I, that I think people started to question to say, hey, okay, we kind of know what can be done, but exactly uh, why should we be doing this, right? So what is the actual value that we, we, we're getting from these initiatives? And, and, and that's something that I still see until today. I think that a lot of companies are struggling nowadays exactly to measure the impact and the value of analytics, which is not necessarily easy, right? Some of the things are pretty obvious when you're talking about like, you know, Order, order influence, right? So you can influence in the orders. Like it's a little bit easier to measure uplift, although you still need to do it the right way. But when you're talking about like things like, for instance, we have 
people management initiatives that are benefited by analytics here. So our even our people uh, uh, people performance appraisal processes here, they get inputs from algorithms that our, our team generates, uh, like recommendations, like, okay, based on the data points that I have from this person, I think you should have laid this person as a high potential, as a mover or something like that, right? So how do we actually collect the, and measure the, the benefit of it, right? So this is a super, super, super huge challenge. So I think that uh, on the people side, I think one of the greatest challenges now is that uh, um, to combine within the organization people that can deliver analytics and also people that can understand the business side of it and know how to to promote the right change management, which is important because it's not only you're going to have algorithms in the shelf, you need to make sure that they reach the, the, the value creation opportunities in the right way mm. and that people actually consume this, right? So that people are prepared to use it, prepared, prepared to understand what's going on there and to effectively make use of, that, of those uh, additional insights. Particularly, we have our favorite channels is those that we can fully automatize, right? For instance, when we are talking about inventory redeployment, right? Ideally, those things should be machine to machine so that there should be very little human factors in between. But we still need to deal with the, someone to approve those movements, somebody to 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 help those things to, to evolve, right? So the human factor there in terms of educating, evolving the literacy of our business users, and also within our team, having people that are capable of communicating really well how to achieve the maximum value uh, out of those analytics uh, solutions. This is super, super key. Mm. Interesting. And, and actually, I imagine an organization that is the size of, of AB InBev is it's really not only is it hard to create the value, the, the, to get value creative projects and to, to track the KPIs and that. How do you go about, you know, let's say, fighting for that real estate with senior leaders to to get projects moving forward especially from like a, I, I know your role is analytics products so that maybe it'd be useful to talk about it from that perspective yeah if i for understand right i mean uh, how, how we are measuring ourselves right this is this is your question yeah <clears throat> so uh my my, my peers here is in, in this organization so as i said i'm responsible for for scaling the analytics so kind of you know i have a lot of uh, engineering work to be done and i'm happy to to count with both my leadership and my my peers that they are brilliant people working in in this change management aspects and so they develop like an incredible model to 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 properly measure value across the the initiatives uh align it is with the organization and to a point in which we can uh, uh proudly claim today that we can measure bottom line impact of most of our analytics solutions right so we're talking about really like dollars right us dollars in the EBITDA line of the our, our uh our organization signed off by our finance team so uh this is certainly one of the biggest north stars that we could have because ultimately this unlocks the value of uh, the, the opportunity of uh, you know having a seat at the table fighting for the budgets uh, we need uh, uh fighting for the investments that we need to keep growing and then I, I i could say that i mean it's it's both impressive the methods that were created and how they managed to put it through and also the outcomes of it because the the still once you measure it, the, the, the multiples that you can get from uh, some few analytics solutions are incredible, right? The amount of money you put in development and the amount of money that you can generate out of it, considering a large organization as ours, is, is really impressive, right? It's a no-brainer. Awesome. And, and actually, in a more general context as well, where do you think the biggest opportunities are for ambitious companies and also leaders in analytics today? You know, is it leveraging the, the, these, these longer-term projects that can, can uh, you know, make this real organizational change or, or do you think it's something else? 
I'm also a big fan of, of, of the idea of portfolios, right? I think that uh, there will be no silver bullet. I think that it's it's a combination of an experimentation phase that has to be done the right way. By the way, this is something we're still, I'd say, evolving like uh, on how to put more structure around how we experiment and how we, we correctly measure how to advance in this experimentation phase to correctly identify what are the solutions that are more promising that we should put forward and which are the ones that we need to, you know, hold back a little. Maybe the time is not right. Maybe the data is not yet available or maybe simply there's not a lot of value to be had there in comparison with the other opportunities that we have. So I think the experimentation phase is is, is utterly important, right? And um, and from that, yes, I think that there has to be some big bats and, and some productification, right? So one of the things that I hear more about is that how people get stuck in this uh, project mindset, how you keep things, you know, severely dependent on people, severely dependent on, on, on uh, annual budget cycles, uh, so and so that any small change in the organization can shift things around in terms of if budget's still gonna be available for that initiative or somebody else moves or there's an attrition and a lot of great initiatives and value adding stuff can simply disappear in, 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 in so soon. So I think that's, that's, what, that's a big challenge, right? Uh, getting the organizations to understand that they need to invest this for the long term. This is mm. not going to be a, 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 like something that's going to, a fad that's going to come and go and you will not generate value in like six months. You will not have results, solid results in, in, in just a few months. You might have third parties that will come deliver amazing projects. We have great partners that help us along with the, with the, the journey. But I do believe that uh, uh, having an internal team that can really be the translators and can be really the bastions of value generation for the long term is super key to 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 get this going to to honor the the the, the potential that analytics has in in a big company and, and that, super interesting tons of stuff to go into there and, and my first question on, on the back of that would be you know we it's very easy to hire an analytics consultant and bring them in-house they can do some some limited things same with a solution providing they might be able to overhaul the whole tech side of things but actually when it comes to empowering people and i think a lot of what you talk about with uh letting the organization see the long-term context uh, and, and use the word experimentation, which I think is key and actually having the, the space to experiment and fail, but fail fast, you know, but actually uh, start getting quick wins and, and doing that kind of stuff. So some people in our, in our community really will struggle with actually having that breathing room, I would say, to be able to see what works and see what doesn't. So uh, what are some of the, the best practices and, you know, common pitfalls you've had in, in leveraging an experimentation mindset across the business? I imagine, and just correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of this would have come from uh, ZX Ventures, from the Innovation Hub, uh, having that culture already embedded in there, but but you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say that maybe one of the roles that since I, I've I have myself migrated from the ZX uh, uh, organization to the core, uh, one of the the principles that once uh, one, when when ZX was created was exactly you know to uh, contaminate the core with some of the practice that we developed there as the X, right? So this whole notion also of portfolio management is something that I'm borrowing from there a lot and the stage gating that goes along with it uh, in a sense that the experimentation has to be well measured, time framed with great criteria in terms of budget and structure that you're gonna put to it, right? It's very tempting to, to uh, you know, allow people to, to experiment freely, especially when we are talking about like a, a we're talking about a an area which is advanced analytics that's it's currently still very easy to generate value on it, right? In a sense that there's 
there's so many opportunities and like the, there's so many like optimizations in any business that almost everything you touch, you can't probably generate some benefits, right? The biggest question is whether is this a benefit big enough to justify a bigger investment on it? And the second question, which I think is even more critical is that, is this the best investment among the other competing investments that we need to do? Because uh, uh, it's not about like making one profitable investment. It's about like selecting from those which are the ones that are more profitable. Probably the value, very long tail will still generate value, but whenever we dedicate attention to it in a world in which talent for analytics is so scarce, we are forfeiting the opportunity to invest in something that will generate even more results, right? So choosing the right resource allocation framework is super critical for investments because it will ensure that we will be able to pause or kill things that are profitable, but are maybe not as profitable as other things that we're, we can explore, right? So I think that's something definitely that uh, we've learned from, 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 from ZX, yes, we're trying to put this in together into our whole portfolio uh, uh, management strategy and, 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 and then to be able to really like, you know, prioritize the highest returns investments. This is something really, really key for us. Mm -hmm. and, and I love the way you use the word contaminate the, the, the core because that's, that's, that's a really key mindset. You think of like a human body. The last thing you want is a contamination, right? Or a, or, or a virus, <laughs> but if the human body is unhealthy and it, it, it needs to change and grow, then that's actually the only way you can do it. And my, my next question kind of ties into that because uh, you mentioned that it's important to have this prioritize and execute approach. Uh, what role do you think that data and analytics leaders play in that aspect of the transformation? So uh, are they the guys who are spearheading this change? Are they the guys managing the people? Uh, what role do you see them playing? I'm pretty much talking about the data analytics per, uh, portfolio, right? Uh, but but I think also, again, this in, in this concept of, you know, like uh, uh, developing best practices and sharing them. I think we have an opportunity here because uh, maybe the footprint of our solutions are a little bit more contained. Then if you think about like a major SAP initiative that goes across everything, it's kind of a no, a one-off. Like you, you don't do like a hundred SAP <laughs> deployments in the in the company at the same time. But we do have probably a hundred more uh, initiatives in our analytics portfolio. So I think that we have an experiment area that is rich enough, is diverse enough, both in in, in geography coverage and also in subject matters and also in in, in sizes that we can home this idea of portfolio management for, for, for IT uh, as a whole, right? So I think that's that's one of the ways of uh, of uh, maybe facing this 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 uh, opportunity, which is to say that we can be a kind of an experimentation field for the method too, right? And see how this goes and maybe uh, replicate this towards or, or, or initially all or other technology related initiatives and potentially even more like potentially things in logistics, things in marketing or whatever, right? Uh, Agile, for instance, is a good example, right? So when we started out at the X, like we introduced Agile there, it was like a, 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 people just didn't know much about this in the core. And ever since we've been seeing like Agile spreading throughout the company, like partially because like people were aware of it, partially because other, it, it, it spotted, because like, you know, spotted in other areas of the company. And now Agile has been like something very, very you know, uh, valued and adopted each time more in all areas, not only tech, but mm. uh, you see some teams in in marketing adopting agile for initiative management. Some people in other areas too. So this is this is very exciting, right? To see how those uh, 
computing uh, some that is IT uh, uh, originated methodologies can also uh, generate value for other areas of the companies. That makes perfect sense. And actually, from your experience, what have you found the best ways for data analytics leaders to gain more influence? Especially, you mentioned the, the IT methodology there actually gaining influence in an analytics setting, which is great. How do IT and, and tech and analytics leaders gain more influence with the business side of things in your experience? Yeah. Uh, one thing that we did last year, we, we developed one project was was kind of, you know, uh, we call it the lighthouse, right? It was a, uh, uh, we tried to put together in that initiative, everything that we thought it sh that should be our best practices, right? So we picked like a, the right zone to, to work with, it was the middle America zone, uh, in the sense that they were very receptive to, 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 to embrace, embracing this journey with us. <clears throat> and then we chose relevant uh, subjects. And most important, from the beginning, we put a lot of emphasis on change management. I think change management was really like, you know, has been uh, under, I'm not saying undervalued, but probably people understand the needs of it and, and, and has been highlighting how important it is, but probably not executed as well, right? And so we actually went have many extra miles in making sure that the business would own the initiative and not be stakeholders of the initiative. So I think this is a very, very important thing. So, right. And that has to be manifested in all the small things, like the, the way the meetings are held, who's presenting the initiative, who's bringing that forward, the cadence and intensity uh, uh, by which the business people participate in the project, they have to be like, whole members of the, the, the initiative and not, you know, just setting requirements and then uh, turning it back to deal with other stuff and coming back a month later, right? So uh, I think this was super, super key to achieve the right level of, you know, transformation uh, because at the end, the solutions that we developed, they did not fit into the current processes that the business area had. The solutions actually prompted for changes in the processes, right? So the marketing uh, uh, area, they changed several key processes that they had to reorganize around the new opportunities that were being brought in by the algorithms that were being uh, developed, right? Not, I'm not saying that has been a 100% transformation, but they did the, the, the needed transformations that were needed to incorporate that into the day-to-day. -day. Otherwise, it was going to be some, an externality mm -hmm. and not something that was actually inside their ways of working day in, day out, right? So I think this was, this was key. So... Uh, getting the business team to be part of the project from the beginning, getting them to fully own the project uh, and ensuring that there would be sufficient attention to how the business process had to change to accommodate what they developed, the, the, the benefits that the, the advanced analytics is bringing, right? Mm. With all those things together, now we have a sustainable model to move forward and to fully rip all the benefits of the, of the, 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 the analytics models that are being put to, to, to work. Awesome. And actually just looking at all of these, that's all great stuff. And what I really want to hear from you, and this is a very, uh, probably a, quite a hard question is uh, everyone's talking about the, you know, the, the decade of data and data drivenness is kind of like almost a buzzword at this point, but how would you define the term data drivenness? You mentioned that you have this portfolio approach with, which has projects and it scales, but when do you go, Hey, we're now data driven as opposed to we're getting data driven, or is it more of a scale for you? You know, how does, how does that work within you know, your role in your organization? I, th I think there are, there are two great examples. One is this that I just mentioned, like for instance, the market team now and the sales teams, they are, they are uh, uh, 
instead of the ideating and then validating the ideas with mathematical models, they're getting inspiration for their initial strategic meetings from the algorithms, like, you know, such as what promotions should we run? Let's see what are the most likely successful promotions from the models. What are the campaigns we should run? Let's see what our models are saying, right? And then discuss on top of that. Like I, we cannot never underestimate and, and or or ignore the human factor. Like, uh, but I think that human and machine together, this is the future, right? So this is how we we can put people to to really to get the best of like the automation that we can do with mathematical models, and also have the best of you know the human human. Uh, 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 um, cognition, right, uh, uh, to, to interpret that and to shape that to the context in the best way possible. <clears throat> so I think this is one of the way to to really uh, uh, ensure that people will be data-driven. If you combine those things and you change the processes to, to go for it. This is, this is one of the ways. The other way is to explore the digitalized aspects of the company to make sure that we have also unobstructed ways to deliver value. For instance, nowadays we have platforms for sales, right? So our, our, our B2B platform is one that in which we can automatize a lot of things directly towards the platform. And I won't say removing the human factor for it, but actually both the business areas and the, 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 the analytics areas working together to embed inside the platform that sort of direct value generation channel. Right, so both of them working together to find the right spot, the best way, and, and and the best experience for our customers that benefit from all the business strategy and also all the automations that advanced algorithms can provide. Right, and when that happens, it's not that our back office of the organization is data driven, but actually the whole value chain, all the way through the customer, is data driven. That's I think that will be the most powerful way to think about it. Yeah, and, and you mentioned earlier talent, which I really want to dive into. Uh, when you, whether it's whether you're hiring externally or internally, what are some of the, the qualities of the leaders you look for? Because okay. it sounds like you're really looking for people who are successful at driving data-driven transformation, which is you know the dream state where everyone wants to be. What are the kind of the things you look for in these people? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty much a combination. I think that one of the best the best thing that we have been doing for the last year is understanding that there will be no one size fits all. We definitely need a strong multidisciplinary team to get this through, right? Uh, by the way, that's one of my uh, personal responsibilities, which is to create what we call our specialized guilds, right? So our guilds are, I won't say pools, but actually like, uh, communities of similar profile talent that will work together to enhance and to elevate that technical speciality to a new level. Right. So we have a guild for data engineers, a guild for data scientists, a guild for machine learning engineers and software engineers, a guild for product managers and agile practitioners. So these are the four guilds that we we, we are working on. Uh, these people have to be very technical. They have to be really passionate by the technology, passionate by their speciality. They want to grow within the speciality in a way that uh, maybe they could. And when in the past uh, we tried to have more hybrid people, people could do some data science, but also had to dig and wrangle data, but they also had to communicate with stakeholders, you know? So this is something that we've, we've been through this, this, this stage in our evolutionary process, right? Uh, and that's led us to a lot of learning, but at some point you realize that you will not be able to scale data. Data science at some point will not have all the skills or maybe the pleasure to, uh, uh, to, 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 
to do heavy load, uh, heavy duty data engineering workloads, right? Why not we collaborate with a team of data engineers to do this together in a squad and you know, acting as a single team, but with specialized roles within it, right? Uh, maybe someone who is a more senior uh, practitioner of data science might not have the right skills to be a fully, you know, full-fledged uh, product owner. Mm. So we need a proper product owner, somebody who has uh, uh, the proper knowledge and training to understand the, the, the vision, how you drive the vision of a project, how you break it down into backlog, how you measure things, how you solve for roadblocks and all the things that a full-fledged product owner should have, how to communicate with stakeholders, right? So uh, that's the kind of thing that we've been evolving a lot over the last uh, uh, last year uh, and, and it's been proven to be very successful, right? So it's mm. a combination. So there's not one thing that we look for. I think if there's one thing that we look for in a company, which is part of our core belief is that you have to want to, 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 to dream big and to create like huge impact. Wherever is that the, your your activity of choice? Uh, one thing that you need to have in, to work in this company is this: you have to be like you know engaged and committed to build something massive to right that's going to outlast all of us, right? So my dream here is that the products that we're creating they're going to still exist in, of course, in a much more evolved shape, 10, 20, 50 years from now. I would mm. like to look back and say, well, <laughs> those algorithms are still out there, probably much more evolved, but delivering value and, 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 and helping the business. And, and you mentioned communicating with stakeholders there. What kind of skills do you look for? Or, or let's say, let's rephrase it to, we talk a lot about soft skills here. So what are, what are the kind of optimal soft skills for technical leaders to have when they're communicating with key stakeholders? Yeah, so we are a company of... Mo- a lot of our companies about ground marketing, right? So we have, we have the most valuable brand beer brands in the world, right? Uh, we are the largest beverage uh, beer company in the world. So it's, it's, it's storytelling on brands is in our DNA, right? So it's a really an unfair competition that our uh, analysts, that our geeks here, they have to compete in storytelling with our brilliant uh, marketeers here in the company. So, but we try, right? We try to get inspired and, you know, we learn from them about how to, you know, uh, uh, communicate in all aspects of the initiative from purpose, value generation, uh, 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 the business drivers. So we try to translate things as much as possible to to business outcomes and not to uh, uh, technical metrics, right? So of course we have our technical metrics in the back uh, in the mm. back office, but uh, we have to bring forward uh, business metrics like value generation, adoption, satisfaction, NPS. So these kind of things are, they help a lot in the communication. And also I think that's something that has to be met in the, in, in, in the middle, right? I think that no one, no modern uh, uh, knowledge worker or uh, citizen in a, com- in a company they can afford not to understand technology and not to understand analytics. I think that, uh, as I said, right, the potential of impact of all that is, is so big that in all the areas, right? So for instance, at the same time that our uh, people from the marketing team, they're looking on the best way, you know, to communicate with our consumers, <clears throat> generate, sorry, generate uh, care for our brands and create the right stories for our brands. They also have mm-hmm. have an eye and understand what technology can do for them, right? So digital media is there, and it's a huge space for optimization. It's uh, it's already probably one of the most impactful ways of communicating with uh, our consumers, and it's 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 uh, 
propelled by technology. So they cannot afford not to understand technology, not to be able also to come to a middle ground and to communicate in a common terms of uh, things like, you know, all this generation, segmentations, uh, cluster management, you know, you can go to either side. You can mm. start talking about cluster, you can talk, talk start talking about uh, attributes, metadata management and things like that, or you can start talking about, okay, how those things are leveraged by uh, our uh, campaign managers to create targeted campaigns and also feedback from the get more immediate feedback from digital channels about how those things are performing so that they can able to optimize so i think things are blending so much nowadays on the business side that it's very hard not to talk tech in any concept and it's very hard and you should never talk tech without uh, uh also matching this to the business concepts that we 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 need so yes when you about what is it that we look in these people yeah people have to have you know like a, a kind of a left and right brain uh, mm -hmm. uh, side very activated nowadays. So uh, one for keeping us grounded in the technology, but also being able to translate that to the business really, really, really well and to especially extrapolate. Like I think the mm -hmm. opportunities are really very, very far from, from exhausted. And we need to keep, I know, a radar tune it to new opportunities every single day, every communication we have, every engagement we have with someone who is, you know, in the field, in the, in the in the in the talking to our customers, talking to our consumers, these people have a lot to teach us, and they can, in a simple comment during a conversation, probably open up something that can be a huge opportunity for us. Mm. And, and Lazar and I were just talking about this today with our, for example, with our logo. It's, we designed it so uh, it's about you can't have a process where the left brain is just working on its own and you can't have the you need to be grounded so you can't just have the right brain working on its own what you need is you need this harmony right you, is that you, what it is it's a brain yes yes amazing process side and then we have our creative side there and what we, amazing we yeah. ourselves like the little the little line down the middle that's where we sit as the data storytellers i was not sure maybe i was influenced unconsciously by the image <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's why you came on the podcast yeah well yeah no this is brilliant because the the the, those sides of the brain can't work individually, right? They need to work in harmony together. Uh, you need to be able to have the technical background, for example, to 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 back up what you're saying, but there needs to be a compelling story behind it. That's why you can't just go to a board meeting, show them 200 slides of PowerPoint that has all the best data in the world on it because it's not going to resonate, right? Uh, sure. I mean, when it comes to telling that kind of story, do you have any 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 experience with uh, where it's maybe a, maybe a, an example where times didn't go so well or, or times where it went really well? And can you pinpoint why that was? <laughs> oh, a lot of times it didn't go so well. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm an engineer, right? So for me, uh, uh, Delving into the numbers, delving into the architecture. This is for me. It's exciting, and I, I probably flare up when I start talking about it. And like I've seen so many times, like people are like, okay, like when is this guy gonna get to the point, right? So I mean, happens, right? Uh, it was a long process to, to get better at it, and 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 storytelling has is actually has been actually a subject of a personal study, like you know, mm. what's out there, presentation skills and all that. So. Um, a lot of times, I mean, more more times going wrong than 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 not not going wrong. But again, it's curious because like if you move in time, and you the same speech that probably got people to slip four years ago, probably would work now, mm. because I think the company evolved a lot to the point in that that if you if you look the the, the public release uh, earnings earnings calls and the public uh, uh, results released from the company. You will see that over the last 
years, they are talking about technology each time more. So, so that nowadays, if you look at them, you see that technology is actually one of the pillars of the strategy, right? Digital, digitalization and analytics. So this is now uh, uh, fully, you know, integrated in the, in the strategy of the company. So I think people are opening up more, right? To understand that they need to know what's under the hood a little bit more so that it can mm. be more powerful too. But still, uh, uh, of course, we have to frame the way it in a way that, that, that it's... Uh, digestible that it's you know uh many techniques like an inverted pyramid or the the the, the six page memo or the uh press release or whatever any technique we're we're experimenting with them too but it's a moving target that's what i wanted to say like yes we're trying to go more business like but also the business is coming more tech like and again we're mixing up in the middle and things are Things that things are changing, and like uh, as I said, what haven't worked in the past might work now, uh, with a little bit more tech terms, and with the thing people are more comfortable listening about us and relating to it. So uh, it helps to create more repertoire to mm. to to tell the story. Right. Absolutely, and I also want to nail down you know, where where you see yourself because data analytics is such a wide field here in 2022. If you had to describe your role to someone, what would you what would you describe yourself as? Would you be like a data champion, a, a product analytics champion, a data evangelist, and a change agent? You know, how would you contextualize your role to others? <laughs> that's that's a funny one. Yeah, uh, uh, I remember that when I joined the accent again, like this was seven years ago, and and uh, we had some besides the the the, the e commerce development that was there. Well, also, we had some 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 we had to create some analytics throughputs too. And uh, in the initial phases of it, people were calling everyone like data ninjas. So this was the the, the term because like people didn't understand exactly what goes under, uh, what goes within a, a data and analytics team, right? So the difference between someone who is the, the data engineer, data management piece, the data science piece, the visualization. So these are actually very different profiles of people, of preferences, of ways of working, thinking, tools and everything. Uh, so, uh, so that's funny when you say it because like, I think that now it's more clear the same way that tech went through all like you had the everyone was, was developed in the past. Now you have back end, front end and, and, and UI, UX specialists and so on and so forth. So I think this level of specialization is helping people understand better what people do. Uh, and as for me, I mean, I think I, 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 my favorite, I would say maybe if I had to, 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 to condense everything into a similar name, I think I'm a product person. You know, I'd like to, I like to think of myself of as someone who, you know, uh, uh, brings the brings things together and package them in a way that they can last, right? So I think that's that's the essence of a product. Instead of you know just managing managing initiatives and and services and things that are more you know volatile, I like to think of myself as someone who uh, maybe has this engineer background. Like I like to to build the buildings and see them lasting there for many years and not just mm. like you know uh, uh, something that can pass. Mm, absolutely, and look, it's been it's been a great. Uh... Great, a great episode, Yuka. Just the last couple of questions. You know, you mentioned you've been working in this space for like twenty odd years now. So, what sorry, made you? What? You said you've been working in the space for about twenty years now. So, what made you fall in love with data analytics? What do you love most about your job? Well, that's that's an easy one because I mean, <clears throat> I think shortly after the college, I, I coming from a very heavy engineering uh, uh, college, and, and I know probably getting saturated with. With with, hmm. with uh, the the technical side of it, I was really intrigued about the the potential that business could have, business decisions could have in actually 
propelling companies, right? Uh, I remember that as a, as, a, as a consultant, I was a process engineer, I was building equipment, uh, designing equipment for, for refineries and, and, and big, <laughs> big uh, petrochemical industries. And I was like, okay, like we're searching for like, you know, small percentage of, uh, of improvements in this process here. But then somebody in marketing can come with some brilliant idea and create like huge advances in the, in the company, like, right? you know, groundbreaking uh, double digit growth. I was like, wow, that's powering, you know, understanding business, understanding like strategy, understanding those things. So I went to MBA and, and, and uh, additional uh, mm. studies in, in, in business. And what I really fell in love with analytics was that I think that data, more specific data, is like the representation of business in a mathematical way, right? So uh, if you can really translate the business concepts. And I was a lot for a long time in business intelligence, right? You know, multidimensional modeling and visualization. When you do that, I was really excited because sometimes after a few conversations, I could understand and represent the model of the company, the business model in a mathematical way that mm -hmm. sometimes was even more precise and uh, elegant that even the people in the business themselves, they had the perception, you know, because uh, you, you have to be super accurate when you're talking about, you know, how the tables relate to each other, foreign keys, so and so forth, who's who's contained in which, like the the, the whole uh, Venn diagrams and 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 all sorts mm -hmm. of representations. You start to really understand the business. So I felt like, you know, maybe like the the, the matrix. Suddenly, you understand <laughs> everything through the numbers, through the data, and I think that's the perfect blend between engineering, math, and uh, business, right? So that you can really get a really crisp understanding of it, promote changes, uh, suggest improvements, uh, but coming from a very technical uh, uh, foundation. Except that the difference between real life and the matrix is that we, when you when you're awake in the matrix, yeah, it's not like a, the post-apocalyptic world and the aliens have taken over. <laughs> it's it's analytics awareness, which is great, and and Lazlo will love that because it's Fantastic. one of his favorite movies. Last question then: What the advice would you give for? aspiring leaders in, in data and analytics? Well, uh, who am I to give an advice to anyone? But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that the socialization piece of it is something that uh, I should do. I, maybe I'm, I'm talking to myself. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me put it that way. Like keep socializing, you know, like exchanging information, exchange like, you know, best practice. I've have had some amazing discussions with peers, uh, external peers this last, uh, last year. And I think this is a super powerful tool. Like I think that companies are different. There's no like a cookie cutter model for it. Uh, but a lot of companies are each on their own doing fantastic things, right? And in different stages of development. So I think that the, the, the best thing you can do is to try to learn what they're doing and maybe do your own mashup. I think what we're doing here is this, like our own mashup. Uh, hopefully, hopefully this will work. As, as, as scientists ourselves, we are experimenting, so we always keep an eye on, say, hey, we're putting this together, but let's see if it works, right? So this is uh, this is going to be an experiment. We're not doing this with a certainty that this is how it's going to go. So learn from all sorts of possible sources, do experiments with a with a, with a scientific approach and, and and learn from it and see what works best for you. I think that will be my 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 own advice that I'm giving for the others, but maybe I, maybe also from myself. <laughs> Look, Yuka, I think you you've got some really great experiences, and thanks for coming on the show and sharing that with with the community. Um, I, I think that you do have a, a pretty authoritative background on this, so I, I but I love the humility. It's a huge part of what we we teach, we look at here. So great to have you on the show, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon.
Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you.